Well, welcome everyone to our latest edition of Ladies Who Switch on ESPN Quick Info with me, Valkyrie Baines, my colleague, Fedos Munda, and we are welcoming a very special guest with us today. Former West Indies star, current freelance cricketer playing with Manchester Originals in the 100, Deandra Dotton. Thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, you're welcome. So I guess uh, the 100, first of all, um, it's been a little bit of a tough season for originals out of contention for the knockouts. Can you just sort of talk a little bit about how the season's gone for the team and, and yourself? Um, to be honest, the season is, I mean, it started off really not on the right path because of due to weather. But um I mean like we have we managed to get in some good games um due to good weather and the sun and stuff. But um I think yeah the is 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 a bit disappointing that first that we haven't gone to like the eliminator or even um the uh, finals but I think we're still in a good place, you know. I think I think uh we, we gel really good as a team. Um we played together uh, we stuck together, win, loss or draw, you know. Um we've always um speak um speak speak positive stuff and always be positive. Um we you know, I mean like even after games that we lost so closely, I mean like it, it might sound a bit weird but I think the games that we lost, I think that that's the way you wanna lose a, a game in terms of fighting going down. But um but I think like Manchester originals have come a long way to be honest after like uh was like that's the first is it the first um hundred where they probably didn't win a game and and to know actually you know what I mean uh have points on the the table and and improving that and that's really good to see because they actually have like good overseas players um um actually inside the the team as well as local players so. It's really good. Um, I think for me, um, it's always a learning learning process. You know, for me, um, I've learned a lot from other players like Sofia Costa, MLM, um, other um, senior players. You know, to take into my game. And the coaches are awesome, to be honest. Um, funny, um, uh, Stephen Parry. and uh, there's always chalky. They're always like giving you positive uh stuff. Uh, and and getting you on the right track and giving you what you need in terms uh getting ready for the game and those pet thoughts as well. So for someone who's had such a, a long and, and decorated career, you mentioned you're still learning and, you know, from players w- within your team. What are the key things that you think you've learned this season? Um, The key thing I think I've learned is patience because why I say patience is that not everyone is on the same level as I am you know so I mean like it takes you a lot of patience to um deal with people and and get to know them as well as I mean like you take a lot of patience to stay at the crease as well too you know what I mean but um <laughs> yeah um yeah it's also patience and 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 most of all respect to be honest so this is now your cricket playing in franchise leagues around the world. Um, what are you still hoping to achieve from doing that? Um, yeah, this is basically me right now playing in franchise. Um, I'm still looking to achieve just what I wanted to achieve when I was with um uh, playing West Indies cricket uh, to 
be the best in the world, you know, to be like one of those number one players to reckon with. Um, always, well, I'm known as the, the power hitter and versatile in the field, good feeler, um, bowler that can, can, um, knock over a couple of people. Um, you know what I mean? But I just want to be like the person to remember the person I am. That's DeAndre Dawson known as the world boss, you know, but, um, yeah, I'll, as I said before, every day is a learning, a learning curve for me. Um, I'm not too old to learn. <laughs> you know, uh, I still take a lot of things like youngsters books that are coming on under me, and I just try to give my best advice and and my experience to them as well. So how you came to be here playing franchise cricket and, and that being your career now, I mean, is a story in itself. Can you talk a little bit about your decision to leave West Indies, how that came about, and then to sort of focus on this phase of your career? To be honest, um, there's been a lot going on with in the camp and, like, so much I've been through and so much things that needed to be sorted out. And the players not getting um the respect and you know what I mean, basically the attention because there's there are things that needed to be done in order for players to actually perform to the best of their ability because I mean like if you're uncomfortable and if you don't have the things in place for your players to be the best that they can be and actually um improve, then there's always gonna be problems. So um is it's been a long time I've been thinking about it to be to be honest. And um I mean like even when I um sent up my retirement, um I had no second thoughts about it because it was actually written and sitting there in my draft box for probably over five years. So um I think well it was time to call it a day with West Indies cricket and just like move on and explore my cricket and franchise cricket. Deandra, I've just come from Zimbabwe where West Indies, as you know, failed to qualify for the, the Men's World Cup for the first time in their history. And, and it really led to a lot of people asking questions around what you've just mentioned, the care of players, the resources available, uh, the kinds of structures that are in place. I mean, you're a veteran of, of Caribbean cricket and, and you really know the intricacies of the structures you know, men's and women's, we've seen a little bit of a fall in results. What do you think needs to happen and, and where does it have to start for, for West Indies to become great again? Um, to be honest, I made a promise to myself that I won't get into details or very deep into this situation. But um, I think um, I think as well to do, I think, how to say it, how to put this, um... I I I think like between men I I can I I can't I can't exactly speak for the men, but I can't speak for the women, and I think it has a lot to do with the board. You know what I mean? And how they handle stuff, and how they handle players, and how they actually speak to players. You know what I mean? Because I I I I may know you, and you may know me, and I could speak to you in a certain way whereas you can speak to me in a certain way and I understand what where you're coming from or what you're actually saying but then I can't go to Valkyrie and say well 
you know certain things and you know certain people that that taste things different so i uh, i mean like it is a lot of work that west indies cricket board need to be done and i think they need to do it as fast as possible because it's not gonna end well for west indies cricket or cricket in the caribbean yeah, I mean, you speak about the careful players that that's needed. You obviously know a lot of the team. What do you think of the talent pool? Do you think that there are a lot of uh, West Indian Indian young girls who want to play cricket and and who can help to contribute to that? Okay. Um. Yeah. I. Uh. Yeah. Um. There are a lot of talented players in in the in the Caribbean, but there are not players that you can say that you can pull in the pool of senior players to say replace or come to or come as good or say I now that I've retired. So you want somebody that could come as good as me or just like me in order to fit that space. Whereas you, you, you don't have it for West Indies cricket. I mean like they I think they need to take a, a leaf out of Australia and English books. Whereas they have players that they when they see potential in them, they develop them from whatever stage they're at, so that when they actually get into that senior level, it's like they've played there before, and they're actually competitive. Cause I mean, like, you need to pay enough attention, show the players care, and actually develop them from wherever standard they are. And there are some players in West Indies cricket that are unfair if I'm being honest. And on top of that, when they when you will you will see a player come into the West Indies cricket and then you actually see them disappear. It's probably because of their fitness or whatever the case may be. But in that case if if I'm seeing you struggling with something, then I want to help then I would want to help you in order for you to get better to play West Indies cricket. But my thing is is that it's basically like you getting what you want out of me, and then you just throw me um aside to be and and that and I don't think that that should be, and uh, as players, not even players that actually retire either. I mean, like you should actually show the players respect because there were once West Indies players and there were once doing well for West Indies cricket. So why take them and disrespect them and just throw them aside like a wet rag? Yeah, I mean, you mentioned a few things there. The one is fitness, the other one is skills, and the third one is professionalism. Um, all of them seem to be areas that have to be worked on. But do you think it, it's more of one or the other, or, or how would you try and develop that? Because it's a big, it's a big range of things that you want to be improved on. Um, I think the way of developing that is getting people in place on the board that actually cares about women's cricket. That actually will show that interest and and I want to give that help to women's cricket in order for these players to develop because there are a lot of players that are being deployed from the cricket. They want to finish play cricket pertaining to West Indies cricket. I mean like it's like they're actually putting in the work some of them are putting in the work and then they're still not getting the opportunity. They're being overlooked because of favoritism or this body like this body better or that. I mean, like, I, I don't agree with that. I, I like fairness. And if I see that you're actually looking to improve or I see any improvement in you, then 
why won't you get the opportunity to play in invest in this cricket? Why would somebody that is favored to get the opportunity to play when you're actually um improving and performing? Yeah, and you speak about care and and interest in developing the game. You've played around the world. What can you see in the structures in England, in Australia, that show that care and, and that indicate to us that the game will grow and, and will develop? Okay, well, I'll spend more time in England than I've spent in Australia. But what I've seen in England is that you, the, um, I'm actually, I actually play for Lancashire Cricket. So what I see is that coaches spend time with players. Um, you as a player, you should be matured enough, yes, to know what you need to work on, what you want to work on. So as if I'm having trouble with off-drive, I will say, well, this is what I need to work on. How can I um, improve that? And then the coaches will pay attention to that and help me in with, with that. I mean, like, this the structure that is here with Lancashire Cricket, I'll be honest, it's way better than the structure that was with West Indies Cricket for years and that's the honest to truth and I mean like when you pay attention to players in terms of wanting them to improve and, 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 and care about their cricket then that actually boosts them without even training if you understand where you're coming from yes. so when they do get to train then everything just click and then they just start to improve because they're actually seeing that Yes, someone actually cares. Someone is interested in me to help me build my my uh my cricket and help me to improve because there's there there aren't many players in 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 cricket that actually have that strength and that self confidence to to actually motivate themselves. They actually need that push and motivation. Do you think um it's a bit of a vicious cycle because there, there's a risk now with these franchise leagues opening up, providing great opportunities for players to, you know, really make a, a living out of cricket. Um, there's an opportunity probably for the more established players to do that, but then the ones up and coming, if they're not, if West Indies aren't performing or if whatever national team they're in aren't performing, they lose that shop window to put themselves out there and say, hey, you know, pick me for a franchise. So how do you sort of see franchise cricket possibly helping countries, you know, boost their structures, if at all? Um, I mean, like, the way how franchise cricket is structured at the moment is giving opportunities to senior players and even upcoming players that are probably playing in domestic cricket back home where, as you will see, like, clips of them playing and you'll be like, you know, or they have agents that will put their name through in the draft and they probably get picked up. But I think that franchise cricket has helped women's cricket a, a whole lot and I'm being honest, I mean, like, there are different franchises. The 100 is really different for every franchise. Then there's favorite that is actually different where they bring associate players that have never dreamed of playing next to players like me or Lauren Wilfield or Laura Wolver and stuff like that. But the fact that West Indies cricket for women is in the situation that it's in is going to make it very hard for those players to at least get the exposure to 
get the opportunity to get into uh, franchise cricket. So, whereas you only know, like, for West Indies right now, you only know Haley Matthews. You will hear about Chanel Henry. You will hear about Kaisia, Kaishona Knight. You will hear about Stephanie Taylor and those players. Then, other players that have the talent, then you might not hear about them because regional cricket is not that very big in, in um um the Caribbean. There are there are a couple of players that do perform in that, but it's not as strong and 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 that good. Like if we play regional cricket cricket in um England or if you go to Australia and play or if you go to New Zealand and play, you know what I mean? But that's where West Indies cricket board comes in and and make things happen in order for West Indies cricket to get stronger and better so that players that are there present and players that are coming they can actually have that freedom to perform and then probably go on to franchise cricket. Sure. Do you think that the more wealthy cricketing nations have got a responsibility to play more bilateral cricket against the ones who, you know, aren't as financially well off and don't have as strong a domestic structure? I mean, can they play a role in terms of um, playing more bilateral series or do you see it more as the franchise route being the way to go if these players can get exposure domestically if um to be honest i mean yes you do need financial financially yes you do need stuff for cricket but i mean like if you is like if you don't have it then there's a way of working around it to get things done so say I'm not coming and I don't have the money to play cricket, I'm not financially stable to play, then I find a way in order, I find a way to do things, I find a way to make things in order to get cricket in. So that's, I think that's a mentality that some people need to have. Um, yes, you, yes, we all do need help at some point in time. But if you put that mindset into, well, I don't have it, then I'm going to make something out of it, then that help will come along. You can't just ignore it. So, I mean, like, people that are more financially stable, yeah, they could help if you probably reach out or whatever the case may be. But then at the end of the day, you have to have that mentality that I don't have it, so I'll make something happen. So that when that help comes along, then you're already there and then you can improve from there. But um, there are a lot of players, like, they're not getting that attention they're not getting that support they're not getting anything from West Indies cricket and they're thinking about going somewhere else and playing cricket like in some domestic cricket somewhere in some other country and that's the thing and that's a and I'll be honest that's actually what West Indies should be afraid about because if you got players if you have players that have the talent they actually put it in the world and you're not paying them any money. And all of them go elsewhere and play um county cricket or original cricket in some other country. You know what I mean? And then there are franchises that are coming up at the moment. So if, if the franchise take all your players and the other teams take all other countries take all your players to play uh, country cricket, regional cricket, or franchise cricket, what 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 would you have for West Indies cricket internationally? You wouldn't have anything. So I mean, like as I said, the care 
the respect and the support is needed. Yeah, Deandre, you're kind of mentioning this exodus of players to places where they can get financial security. And I guess for us in, in cricket, the place where that is the biggest opportunity is India because of the money they've got. And we've seen what's happened with the men's game and the IPL. Do you feel like something like the WPL is going to cause even more of a threat to what you've described? And, and do you think that's the league that is maybe going to go poach the players or give them the opportunities? I mean, like, WPL is really much a big, is a big thing. To be honest, I mean, like you, you've seen the draft, how players get drafted and the kind of money they got drafted for, but they actually like, even, um, domestic players for India, they actually got drafted too. So if it is that players can get themselves in that draft and, and hopefully get picked, then they will be like, well, if I can get picked in WPL, if I can get picked WBBL, if I can get picked in the hundred then why would they play West Indies cricket? <laughs> so, I mean, like, I don't know where, I can't, I can't really say, and I don't know where West Indies stands financially, but despite financially, and put that aside, the, the structure, and as I said before, the respect and the care for the players is not there. Um, talking a little bit about the WPL being huge, um, can you talk a little bit about your experience there? I mean, you had the opportunity with Gujarat and then that didn't happen. Um, can you sort of just talk us through what, what you can about, you know, what happened there and also what your hopes are for the future next time around in the WPL? Um, to be honest, I, I actually was... Um, I actually was outspoken. Um, I told um, I told him basically everything, and I was honest with it. But I think I was. What should I say? Um, I think I was misunderstood. And I did correct that misunderstanding, but that person just chose to carry that forward which didn't make any sense to me to be honest um but with that being said um i'm definitely looking forward to be back in the wipl and i would be going back in the draft yeah just to clarify for anyone who sort of didn't follow the story and and just to clarify what happened so you were to play for gujarat um, you had some abdominal issues, got medical attention, got medical clearance, but then they said that you couldn't play for medical reasons. Have I got that right? Yeah, so basically what I put out in my statement was it word to word, day to day, email by email. Um, so it's like, yes, I was having um, issues with my abdominal and that was basically last year. So after the WBBL last year, I went back home. I started out what I had to start to get all my checkups and stuff. And I got the all clear to go back to my um my physical training and my cricket activities after I found out that there wasn't it wasn't what we thought it was. And that was basically it. So I wasn't after the WBBL I wasn't active. 
I wasn't doing anything. I was told not to do anything until everything was sorted. So I did gain a couple pounds. And um, as soon as I got that all clear, I was so hungry to get back up there and get back fit. So when I started, to got, when I started um, my fitness workout, um, obviously I started, my body started to feel sore because I haven't played for a while. I haven't done anything for a while. So I ran, I do gym stuff and stuff like that. So that is why I explain to the physio and the SNCs, but then the physio took it as and and said that I um was experienced and done on a playing vision and I didn't say that. So I mean like that was basically a rough part of how it went, but the statement that I put up was everything there. Yeah, Gender, you're not you're not the first cricketer female cricketer recently to to maybe um, have a couple of issues around fitness standards. I'm sure you've heard uh, the many situations we've had in South Africa with Lizelle Lee, with, with Dane van Nikak. Just what do you think in general about the standard that female cricketers are being held to? Do you think it's fair? Do you think there needs to be more research maybe into the way that women's bodies uh, are coping with this extremely high level of competitive sport? You know, we've got so much more cricket these days than we did four or five years ago even. How do you see that the landscape? I think it's more trusting the, the player, you know, because I mean like um if I say that nothing is hurting, then nothing is hurting. Because I know me better than you know me. But um I think that yeah, there's there's nothing there's nothing wrong with, I mean like you have to have some sort of fitness level in order to enjoy the game. You know what I mean? Like T twenty cricket is a fast paced game. Yes, and they're not everybody body that is structured the same way. So I mean like there are people that are slower than people, there are people that are fast and there are people that are that have size that you know what I mean? But I mean like um I'll just be honest, is just a certain fitness standard I guess. You as a player within yourself you should want to be in. You know, I mean like Player people do have rules, but at the end of the day, um, there you can't have a same program, or you can't give me the same program as Lazelli. If I can explain it that way, because you do you you have to you have to know how her body is structured and what her body can take. In that case, I mean, like everybody's different to be honest, so you still have to take in consideration what you give. What standard do you give someone to run a beat test or what standard do you give someone to run a yo-yo test because you know their condition and you know how their body is going to react. So, I mean, like, it just needs to be relooked at, I should say, for some players. I mean, because there are some players that are fitter than some players. You know, there are some players that are not going to be as fit as them. So, I mean, like, if you can work with a player and be patient enough to work with that player in order to get them where you think that they can get, then I think that's even better than just giving them, say, well, yeah, you need to run 20, and if you don't run 20, then you'll drop. You know what I mean? So I just think it just needs to be reconsidered. Yeah, and, and you speak about knowing yourself and your body and, and your ability so well. I mean, it's been many years that, you, that you've that you been playing professional cricket. 
do you feel that there's still more for you to gain and more to learn and more to offer or kind of how do you feel physically and mentally about where you are with the game at the moment yeah so of course there's a lot for me to gain there's a lot for me to offer and there's a lot for me to like um experience and give of my experience um but mentally i'm 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 actually in a good place um physically i'm better than I'm in a better place than when it was in January, physically. I've been working really hard on my fitness um, with the help of Lewis and Lewis Bramley and Jenny Cross here at Lanks and, 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 and Manchester Originals. So I can basically say that I'm getting back on track to be where I used to be in terms of fitness. Yeah, and I mean, considering that you've still got so much you want to achieve. I mean, the next few years for women's cricket look really exciting, whether it's leagues or, or even World Cups coming in thick and fast. What are your hopes for yourself, first of all, and then also for the women's game as a whole? Um, To be honest, my hopes are, my hopes is to get like in all the uh, franchise, uh, franchises around the world. Um, yeah, I know I need to give myself a little break at times, but right now, um, cricket is what I love. So I think it's just a matter of me managing myself and, as I say, getting in all those franchises around the world to, to give that to get more exposure, and you know, and to meet some other fans and stuff like that that are praying for me, especially the fans in India. <laughs> but um, yeah, just to continue to travel the world, doing what I love and playing that cricket. I guess before we go, because I know you've got training coming up, can you give us um, a little bit of a uh, prediction as to what you think will happen in the Women's 100? Who's going to walk away with the trophy, do you think? Oh, my God. Cricket is a very funny game, to be honest. Anything can happen on a day. But um, the people at the top are Southern Brave. Superchargers is up there. And Welch Fire. I think Welch Fire is a bit threatening. So I actually think they're actually going to get in the finals and hopefully win it. They're pretty, they've had a pretty remarkable story, haven't they? Because they've had two really struggling seasons and then now they're, they're up, up at the top of their game. I mean, like, um, it's so good to see. I mean, like, it might be bad to say, but it's so good to see that they actually made that big jump within that last two seasons. I mean, like, they've, they've played remarkable cricket. They've played really good cricket consistency was actually the key with them with other players that are actually stepping up um Tammy Boomer being the first woman to um between men and women to score the hundred which was um history making and I like to see other than myself other players making history you know um that's really good for women's cricket and I think that's actually uh, with we as players performing in franchise cricket or even international cricket is gonna um cling more people to it and it's going to um, take um, cricket sky high even probably reach the men soon Deandra we can't thank you enough for joining us thank you so much and wishing you all the best for the future you're welcome thank you